Hello and welcome to The Pulse. Later in this week's show, we'll be looking at the LegCo motion to remember what its translators call the June 4th incident. The silent march by Hong Kong's legal practitioners and a new media academy in Hong Kong set up by the Beijing mouthpiece Dagong Bao newspaper. First, though, this week, Hong Kong, or at least one part of its internet, has been subjected to perhaps the biggest cyber attack in history. As its name suggests, the Occupy Central with love and peace, 620 to 29 civil referendum, ends on the coming Sunday. Around three quarters of a million people have already made their opinions known on three proposed voting methods for the 2017 chief executive election. They've done this via the University of Hong Kong public opinion program voting platform. But even before polling began, the platform was subjected to what's been described as the biggest hacking onslaught ever seen. The attacks, known as distributed denial of service or DDoS attacks, are aimed at paralyzing the system. Sang Young has been helping to monitor the progress. The police seem to be uh, not so eager to pursue uh, certain attacks on uh, some of these targets that uh, is probably holding activities that the government doesn't like. I think they must make a report to the police in order the police can investigate the matter. The key thing is, it's only a point, a report to the police, that the police can then examine the system to see, the, to see whether there's, there has been any attack, any evidence that they can gather in the investigation, how to prevent further attack, and gather evidence to prosecute those involved without the person responsible. Police cannot take action because access to their system requires their consent. Coincidentally, while the Security Bureau insists that stakeholders have to report the attack to the police before they'll investigate, the police did have no problem investigating an internet post on guidelines on breaking into the Legislative Council building and arresting a 15-year-old boy on a charge of access to computer with criminal or dishonest intent. Compared to a hacker, of course, that 15-year-old is much easier to be found. So the police have done that part. But uh, for the difficult part, you know, finding a real hacker, they, they just uh, seem to be either unable to do anything or unwilling to do anything. This isn't the first time the Hong Kong new pop vote system has been attacked. On March the 23rd, 2012, Hong Kong citizens came out physically to participate in a 3-2-3 civil referendum to vote for their preferred chief executive. The online voting system had been sabotaged. The police launched an investigation and two male suspects were arrested and charged, but the arrest may have been a red herring. 
but these local hackers are not definitely not the original attackers. They didn't launch the original attack, and the police would duly arrest this person and then claim to the public that they have done their job. They haven't done their job because they didn't say. What they didn't say is that these people are just the copycats. In December 2012, the police did set up a cyber security center to strengthen Hong Kong's defense against various types of cyber attacks. But it's not likely they'll have great success. Others warn such attacks directed at Hong Kong do great harm to the city's reputation as a place to do business and wonder why the government's been so reluctant to comment on them. Why didn't they come out to say anything about this sort of very unusual traffic pattern on the internet? Uh, that is uh, what I believe to be uh, uh, quite a bit of uh, selective enforcement of, of, of the law. Kazali,这个DDoS攻击,就很难找到真正的源头在哪里,因为hackers用的方法就是透过源头控制一大扎僵尸电脑,利用这僵尸电脑做攻击,警方他们的权力是大的,他们可能透过这个事实,他们就可
is now being accredited by China's Foreign Country Experts Bureau to design courses for those interested to work in the media. We are Transmit 外間可能看成是一個宣傳戰或者培養宣傳戰人才的其中一部分配合起來,從政治的角度,有人覺得是要在這方面加強培訓的。Many of the core speakers are from the Hong Kong Federation of Journalists. The Beijing-friendly federation was founded by journalists, mostly from mainland-funded newspapers, such as Taikong Pao, Wang Weibo, and Hong Kong Commercial Daily. The Federation also reportedly receives subsidies and support from central authorities in the form of educational and professional exchanges in China. The文人办报 他这个文人办报,这个是中国人啊 但是一個人可以在不同的組織裏面參與活動 Welcome back. A motion to remember the events of June 4th and vindicate the 1989 pro-democracy movement in China has become a regular fixture in the Legislative Council. Just as regular has been the determination by pro-government legislators to ignore it and or vote it down. Due to this year's filibuster on the Financial Secretary's budget, the debate on Lei Chiyan's motion to remember what LegCo's translator called the June the 4th incident and vindicate the 1989 pro-democracy movement was debated well after the anniversary of the event. As usual, the chamber was half empty. Most of the pro-government legislators were out for dinner while the pan-democrat lawmakers gave their speeches. 
Lei Zhiyan said that for 25 years, the Chinese Communist Party has not stopped persecuting the victims, the human rights lawyers who helped them, and the nation's dissidents. Chu 是香港的立法會辯論這個議案今年在尖沙咀文化中心外舉辦的香港人六四集會有七千幾人參加結出本土民主反共大旗從香港人的角度紀念六四慘案為紀念六四慘案的香港人提供多一個選擇但是支聯會成員多年來六四燭光晚會
嚟一個沉默嘅遊行，向全香港市民、向中央政府、向國際社會講清楚，我哋法律界對於法治、司法獨立。一國兩制，港人治港，高度自治，係寸步不讓。The motion failed. The functional constituencies voted no. The geographical constituencies voted yes. The white paper issued by China State Council on June 10th stated unequivocally its authority over Hong Kong and apparently sent a lot more people out to vote in the referendum than even the organisers expected. It also caused particular consternation. In the local legal community, and a pronounced split in the Hong Kong Law Society. Well, with us in the studio is Kevin Yam of the Society's Constitutional and Human Rights Committee. Let me come to you first. Um, you're you're a member of the Law Society, obviously, because you're you're a solicitor. That's right. And, and you're leading a, um, a a campaign to call the president of the Law Society to account for supporting the white paper. Why is that? Well, uh, I mean, first of all, Steve, it's not just me. There's been a, a group of us working on this, and we ended up collecting 240 signatures to requisition the extraordinary general meeting to deal with these sorts of issues. But I think for us,、uh, we were particularly concerned with、uh, Mr. Lam's comments in relation to、uh, how, how there is a need, eventually, perhaps. For a definition of you know love your country, when judges at present only swear oaths to the basic law and to Hong Kong. The the the, the issue, as as you, you you know better than I do, is that he claims, Mr. Lam claims, and others claim. They say, oh, that white paper, it basically just restates what we all know. Why are you getting excited about it? Well, I mean, people say that, but I think there are two points to that. First is. If it is just stating what everyone all knows, then why publish it? Okay. The second point is we need to think about who is publishing this. I mean, before it was all manner of people, but now it's the state council, so it's an official Chinese government view. And that view is has obviously caused consternation. It's causing particular consternation just ahead of this interview, which is being <laughs> recorded in the morning on Friday. But I mean, how widespread really is that in the legal community? Oh, very widespread. I mean,、uh, I've had feedback from people who say, you know, I normally don't care about politics, but this is too much. We've got to stand up. I've had partners of large international law firms who normally say we're just out here to make money and not to、uh, stir the pot, but they're now saying, well, if the rule of law and Judicial independence are threatened, then in the long term that threatens our business viability as international lawyers. So they feel this time they've got to come out as well. And would it be fair to say that there has already been a challenge to the rule of law in Hong Kong, in the sense that, you know,、uh, are the courts functioning as they were previously? Are judges exercising the the kind of independence that one would expect from them? These sort of things. Well, at present, there's no direct, you know, indication that、uh, the independence of the judiciary has been compromised. But I think it is fair to say that, you know, if we look at the letter from Justice William, retired Justice William Wang, yesterday, 
that there, there must be concerns amongst members of the judiciary uh, about what the white paper all means for them. This was a letter su supporting the, the, the demonstration on that's Friday. That's right, that's yeah. right. Yeah. But I'm just wondering more, more generally um, whether the, the, the legal profession is going to ultimately prove to be a bulwark against these uh, threats to the rule of law. Well, as a profession, we have always been a bulwark against uh, any incursions again, uh, into the rule of law and independence of the judiciary. And we're doing it again today. And we're asking all members to stand up and be counted on such fundamental issues. Well, Kevin Yan, thank you very much indeed. And I'm afraid that's all we have time for in this week's show. We'll see you at the same time next week. Goodbye.